0: Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in our world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Lori Kranzer. So first, let me thank you, Lori, for tuning in to share your story and your experiences, your ideas, and how you're making a positive impact in in the business world.
1: Well, thanks for having me. This is great
0: yeah, I've been looking forward to this and i'm I'm excited for you to explain exactly um what it is that you're doing um because that's what this podcast is all about, like making a positive impact. so dive right in and and just you you tell the story
1: yeah so i'll I'll try to abbreviate a little bit because it's been a long journey, but I started. Years ago, over 20, 25 years ago, I was practicing law for many years. But I really, I always knew I didn't want to practice law my whole career, and I wanted to work in the nonprofit sector, although I didn't really know what that looked like. And I, um, networking and just exploring and you trying to utilize my skills, and I went into this area in the nonprofit sector called legacy giving or plan giving, where, um, it's it have it winds up being a lot of disgruntled lawyers and accountants uh, that go into this area that want to work uh, do action to their to their work so 17 inside 17 years inside nonprofits to help them build out their legacy green programs which are those programs where donors give gifts of um, not to, they don't have to be large gifts they tend to be on the larger side but they're through more complex assets, um, closely held businesses or doing something like a bequest or an endowment. And I found it incredibly rewarding because everyone left happy. And, um, so from there, I, so I did that for a very long time. And then from there, I, uh, started my own consulting business a few years ago because I was, I was found myself mentoring a lot of people in the field. And I used to teach at NYU, the plan giving course, and I was doing a lot of that work. And I realized that I can have a, maybe a larger impact by helping even more organizations than just the one I was working with. Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, so really my values are I'm very service driven and But what I'm seeking to do with my work is to make sure that these very worthy organizations are sustainable to the future. That's really what the whole thing is for planned giving. They build out um, fiscal sustainability for the long term for organizations. So especially considering last year, um, this is why organizations need uh, planned giving or legacy giving to to help them overcome those bumps in the road that every organization finds themselves in, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's their gala didn't meet their goals. So there's a lot of that. And um, many organizations sort of are are operating on a more of like a yearly basis and not really thinking about the long term. And this way I'm able to make sure that they are sustainable for the future. So it's really worthwhile for me.
0: That's awesome. I, yeah, I, 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 I got into the nonprofit world, um, starting my own foundation just a few years ago, and I don't, I didn't know what I was doing, and I still don't. I lean heavily on, on the board that I've assembled just to kind of, get an idea of like how to grow visibility and <clears throat> how to raise money, and which is ironic because I'm, a mem- member of two other. Uh, nonprofit foundations. And I'm like, they're doing way better than mine is. (laughs) I think it's because they're bigger, they have more people. And since I'm kind of flying solo here, I don't have that much time to dedicate to it as much as I'd want to. Um, So it's, it's fascinating that you've figured out a way to really help a lot of people
1: yeah. You know, because I worked at very large nonprofits, national and international organizations. And I, I, I just feel why am I holding all this experience and knowledge with just a few, and I can help so many more by teaching and consulting with many organizations. I, I mean, my clients range from small kids camps, you know, and in, in a rural area in the Midwest to international organizations, and they all are getting the same type of experience and the same support. It doesn't matter how large mm-hmm. your organization is, they still need to build for the future. The numbers may look different, right? So the budgets are different. So yeah. What they need to raise may be different, but the whole process is the same. So it's, it's really been my joy
0: that's so cool I just love it so how did you how did you discover this as you know a way to invest your time and and your background and your skills
1: no it's interesting because it came out when I was just networking and I knew I didn't want to just practice law inside of a nonprofit. um so I wanted to use my skills but do something different and I wasn't sure what that was and someone had I met with an organization someone um, connected me with and I met with their CFO and she we were just chatting and she said to me, You should be doing plan giving and I said, You know, I heard about this. What is that? And she said, Well we're too new as an organization. We don't have that here, but the last place I worked we had a very mature program. So you should talk with them and see if that, you know, is something you're interested in. So I did and they wound up hiring me. <laughs> So um, that's how I came into it, um, and I it's it's one of those things that they really didn't teach about in law school, like all these different well, alternative mm-hmm. careers for attorneys. Um, but I've never looked back. It's been a long time, and I absolutely love it. It's a mixture of legal and financial and marketing and relationship building. It's um, it's really one of the best areas to be in, at least my opinion. Absolutely.
0: And tell us the
1: name of your organization. Yeah, my consulting agency is Everyday Planned Giving, because I feel that we should be working on planned giving or legacy giving every day within organizations, no matter the size or the budget of the organization.
0: That's awesome. Everyday Planned Giving. I love it. So I'm wondering, um, yeah, because it's very different, I mean, from going from practicing law in any variation to focusing on... Um, giving and being really positively socially impactful and working with a ton of different um, sizes of companies and nonprofits, I'm, I'm sure you've seen so much and you have so many fascinating stories. Um, but if, if you weren't doing this, what, what do you see yourself doing?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Honestly, if I was, if I was not, if I was, if I had the choice to do this, but add on something else to it, I'd love to travel a bit more. So I see myself doing this and helping organizations outside of the and doing a little bit more travel or, or to scale this. um, but i I really don't think that I would be doing anything else. I love to build these programs, and it's interesting that it sort of evolved because I was working inside nonprofits with a built up program that lots of organizations of these programs, building them, and I found no genius how to create these programs for them. So um, I do love like to build things like fun fact, I did also uh start a cafe in brooklyn once because there wasn't a cafe near me so oh, wow. I, I, yeah i do i do, when there's a gap i like to fill it that's that's one of my things so when i see an opportunity i must fill it <laughs> i i that resonates with me i understand that uh, that
0: motivation <laughs> i often behave the same way pretty much everything i do is like oh this doesn't exist yet let me go do this exactly yeah Yeah. keeps it interesting well do you have do you have um like something that pops into mind where it was like a negative experience or negative time in your life um that now looking back on it what you learned from it how you survived it how you grew stronger out of it has become something that you're glad you went through not not that the experience was positive but that you took something positive from it
1: Yeah, I would say, I mean, there's, there's probably plenty as we all look back in our careers, Um, but probably the one thing that stuck out the most is that working when I was working in one nonprofit and as an organization, their board was, um, was uh, I guess interested in doing legacy giving but not really interested in really um, devoting their time to it and also doing gifts so I was able to pivot and work with, they were a national organization and work with all their different regional offices who were very interested in doing it and were sort of I don't want to say scrappy, you know, but maybe like, you know, just able to pivot more because they were smaller yeah. and um, and they were incredibly successful and they're just willing to, you know, it's like for any business or organization, when it's smaller, it's easier to pivot when you have a large machine and, you know, it moves so slowly. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's sort of when I discovered, wow, I can really build out these programs pretty quickly with motivated nonprofits Um, And that's when I discovered you really, they have to, it has to be a partnership. I can't just do it for them. And if they don't take it anywhere, it's not going to do anything. So, um, so I took basically that experience of really where I was supposed to be building a legacy program. They weren't um, moving on it to easily pivot to another direction. And that's really where I discovered I like working with a lot of organizations. And that was the first step of um, me deciding that I should be consulting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's <clears throat> we learn a lot from watching what we don't want to see, mm-hmm. right? And this is like, you learn as much from having a terrible boss as you learn from having a great one, sometimes even more depending on how bad they are. But you really do mm-hmm. take something away from every experience. And, and I know like some of my greatest missteps or stumbles have turned into something where I'm like, wow, I'm glad I went through that. It, it, it totally sucked at the time, but man, it made me stronger. And I've, I've learned this about myself or, you know, and I think it's important to focus on that aspect of the negative experiences that we all have in our lives, because I mean, your choice is to just get down on it and like wallow in it mm-hmm. or to build off of it. Right. And I, I prefer to focus on how to build, how to grow. Exactly.
1: And I, and I also feel that even when we're in a negative experience, sometimes it's just because it's not clicking. I I do have the notion that everyone is trying to do their best at any given time. So even if we're experiencing something that was negative, I think that sometimes it was our perception of it. And if we are able to then change into something positive as a learning experience, then it's worthwhile. And and I don't necessarily think that the negative aspect was from the other person, if that makes sense. So um, I think it's sometimes the the situation, how everyone comes together. That totally makes sense.
0: You're right. It's like being on the team and the team doesn't gel. And then all of a sudden something clicks. Right. And it's like working with a whole new team. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. for sure. So, but is there Mm -hmm. anything, not necessarily a regret, but anything that you would do differently or anything that you're currently evolving to do differently in the future based on your experiences?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I, its funny is that for years I've been mentoring individuals on their own philanthropic journey just because it's something I love to do, but my clients are nonprofits. And then about, maybe six months ago, I was getting a lot of inquiries and referrals from other attorneys to ask that, you know, asking me if I can work with their clients or someone on helping develop their philanthropic journey, not just drafting their trust or an endowment agreement, but really helping them decide you know, to identify what causes they're interested in, what kind of um, impact they want to make, how they want to include in their business. And I was just doing it, I don't want to say just for fun, just because I enjoy it, but I was mentoring people just because it's something I I enjoy doing. And I realized this is something I should look into this more and lean into this because a lot of people are asking me. So I've started to work with individuals as well. um, And not just on their, the legal aspect of it, which is what I didn't want to do, just drafting a bequest in someone's will, but actually really helping them figure out, what their philanthropic journey looks like. um, And involving, I have someone I'm working with that has um, a teenage daughter, she wants to get involved with her philanthropy. And so it's been, it's been an interesting journey um, going from working mainly with nonprofits. um, So the institutional side to working with individuals as well. So that is something now that I am also growing. um, And it's it's one of those things I feel like the universe has been like sending me signals for a while, but I just haven't yeah. recognized them. And so I am, I'm open to it. Now. That's
0: awesome. I was actually going to ask you if it's, if it's working with individuals either with a high net worth or just something that, you know, they want to make sure that they're, they're making a lasting impact or building a legacy, you know, for their name or their family name or their, their children. Um so I'm glad you answered that before <laughs> I
1: even asked it. Um, yeah. And it's both. You know, I for one of the things when I'm thinking when I was trying to understand or, you know, who would be the ideal person that I'm working with. And and because I know that I like to build things, that I really do want to work with people that I I could help them build it up. Um so not necessarily The folks that are, you know, three generations in high net worth individuals that um, already have a foundation, I can certainly help them with that. But my real goal is to help individuals that are starting to think about it and scaling up their philanthropy or their giving back or however they even want to think about Mm -hmm. it within their business and their personal life. So I like getting in on the ground floor and helping to build. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. So what's your what's your history like uh, you said you studied did you did you obviously you had to study law right to practice Um, but was that kind of you like you always growing up you wanted to be a lawyer like what was how did you kind of get from childhood where like most girls want to be a princess to I want to be an attorney
1: like (laughs) how, how did
0: that trajectory go?
1: Oh, that's so interesting. I haven't thought about that in a while. So um, when I was younger, uh, I, there, there's been ver- lots of different variations. So I, I did want to be an architect. I have a huge respect for people in the arts or also in some sort mm-hmm. of design, um, especially architects and engineers. I find it really interesting. So I wanted to be an architect, but then then it uh, changed into doing something in finance or math. My father is a mathematician, so I really enjoyed math. But then I went to college, and I decided to major in English. Okay. (laughs) My parents said, what do you do do with that? You teach. And I... (laughs) So I majored in English literature and rhetoric. It was like a double major and a minor in criminal justice. And um, I from there I just decided to go to law school so that's how that evolved
0: so you can Um, pretty much do it all is what I'm hearing um (laughs) you might be a genius and you have an aptitude for pretty much anything that interests you (laughs) you're like a unicorn well I uh,
1: well I like to say that you know if any if you're interested in anything, you can learn anything, right? So it's just a matter of um, having an interest and putting the effort in. So the, I mean, I certainly would not go into medicine, although I did want to be a doctor for, for a short period of time. Um, but and I do work in a hospital. I, oh I do my a gosh. lot of different things. And I, and I think it's really important. I, mean, I encourage my children also to explore and to, you know, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing and you feel successful at it whatever that looks like that's great yeah
0: that's fascinating yeah i'm one of those people where i'm very i it became very clear to me pretty early what i wasn't going to be pursuing as a career because there were a few things that i felt like i was where i had a very strong capability and other things where Mm -hmm. like i remember high school geometry my mom hired a tutor and i would just sit and cry about geometry and i was like i don't mm-hmm. i'm not going to do anything with math or probably science probably not my wheelhouse either but man i love to write and i was like i'm going to be a journalist that's what i'm going to do i'm going to do this mm-hmm. and i and i pursued it and i did it but it was it was one of those things where I knew very early on where I wasn't going to be a superstar. (laughs) And so I was like, this doesn't interest me anymore. Not my thing. (laughs) Just move on. But uh, yeah. And then of course I fell in love with the restaurant industry, but
1: uh, (sighs) yeah.
0: And I never desired medicine as a field because Mm -hmm. I get queasy and still am frightened of needles to this day, 44 years old, still don't want to see them. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, so there are very, there were very specific things that I knew I was not going to pursue because I had a career goal. I don't, I I don't even know. I think I knew what I wanted to be circa ninth grade. And I just pursued that. I just, it was very clear to me what I was going to be good at good enough to make a living. Right. But, um, that's why I'm so like in awe of someone like you who can pretty much do anything um because wow if I if I felt like I could do a lot more I don't know I'd probably do a lot more I'd probably be more exhausted though let's be honest
1: (laughs) Well, that and that's exactly (laughs) what happens I mean I certainly I don't think I can do everything but the things that when I have an interest I'm sort of that person that absorbs all the information about it and become an expert on yeah. that you know for that short period of time whether it's renovating my bathroom you know I become an expert and then, then my architect will forget that I'm not in her field you know <laughs> she'll talk to me like I'm an architect I'm like I don't know what you're talking about but um but what has happened in the past because sometimes when you are so interested in so many different things that I've had some issues with I don't know which way to turn Mm -hmm. because there's too much that I like and that I want to do um and that has been an issue and I'm I'm definitely that person that uh feels best when they're most productive so the the worst thing for me is uh to sit on the couch and watch tv I can't do that and I that would it just sounds terrible to me. If if I get my to do list done for the day, that's when I feel really good. What you know, and and it could yeah. include everything, anything work wise or with the kids. Or, um, it's just a different personality type. My husband is definitely not like me, <laughs> so we have opposite uh energy levels. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I that when we were all told to stay at home and Netflix and chill for two weeks to flatten the curve, I was like, Oh, sweet God, this is horrible. I can't do this. No, just like no and not ever. And I was like, I've already watched the shows I wanted to watch. And I get so bored mm-hmm. just watching TV that I'm like on my phone or I've got my laptop in my lap or I'm like writing a to do list because I really like writing to do list out on paper. <laughs> Because there's that gratification of like scratching something off the list. I just did it this yeah. morning before we got on this call. <laughs> it was like, oh, I did that. I did that. I can mark that off my to do list. Because um, yeah, it's 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 hard for it's hard for me to sit still and just and just do little. I have to be engaged. And you're right. I'm much more productive. The more that's on my plate, the happier right. I am. The more productive I am. Um. And it's and I don't get intimidated by the tasks. I I look for more of them as soon as that to do list
1: starts to dwindle. I'm like, oh, exactly. So we're very similar that way. And I I think you know that's a certain personality type. And I can also tell you're the same way as me because you have your business and you have your foundation and you have your podcast. So there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's
0: a lot going on. And it's really fun. Like, I, one of the things that I love about having this podcast is that I get to talk to people that do something completely different. Um, but relating to, you know, the things that I do in my business, whether it's, you know, the nonprofit site or launching my product line or, you know, running my marketing consulting firm or on all of these ideas, right. And I love talking to people that share like this passion and this drive, and and are willing to tell their story because I find people's personal stories very inspirational. Because we've all had something where we've had to overcome it, and you know some stories are, are harder to hear than others, obviously. But it doesn't matter when you pull yourself up and you keep moving and you grow. That's an important story to tell because no one at the top got there by sitting on right. their ass, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> what was, what's the quote? Um, comfort is the enemy of progress. Mm-hmm. I believe that to be true because the second I'm uncomfortable with something or I feel like there's a gap somewhere, yeah. I am motivated to change it or fill the gap. And I, so that's kind of what keeps me going. And, and I love that because we're totally caught from the same cloth, even though we do very different things. Um, And I'm not an attorney, even though I may talk and argue as much as one would. (laughs) But I have friends who are attorneys and I'm like, I can argue with you. You (laughs) want (laughs) to argue? But what would you what would you want um, the listening audience to know about you?
1: Yeah, so it's so interesting. I'm I'm pretty much a very private person, um, although I love connecting with people, but I'm always one of those people that I will share anything you want to know as long as you ask me the question, but I'll never share just thinking I should share about myself because I'm pretty, um, I don't know, humble not the right word, but I just don't really talk about, I don't have that ego. All I want to do is help other people. So, um, so that's yeah. what really drives me is really to help people. And, and the focus is is giving back. So um, it's what I do in my life and I, I teach my children and um, and it's what I strive to show my clients and the people that also just are part of my connections and my circle and my mentors. So um, there, you know, that, so that I don't feel like if it, I mean, there's some little fun facts about me, of course, like there's the cafe and I have a passion for, Labrador retrievers. I have my fourth one right now. and Animals so much. Um if I could live I'm in Brooklyn right somewhere, I absolutely would. So yeah, you know, I I think the thing that people should know about me is that um I'm very open to I like you, I love talking with people and finding out more of their story. But I, I never think that people want to necessarily hear my story, right? So I love hearing their stories. So this has been a real treat for me to even talk about myself here.
0: (laughs) Well, and I think that each of us telling our story is important because you never know the impact your story can have on someone else. And I've always gone back to the people that have shared their experiences with me and how they've made a positive impact on me. And I always try to remember, I'm like, I gotta tell her what that meant to me. Like, how that shaped me, how that helped me and how I've been able to translate that to help others. So I always try to be aware of, I mean, yeah, not to be egotistical, like (laughs) tell my story to everybody, stand on the mountain and just shout it. But at the same time, I think it's important because I didn't realize when I started my foundation, I kind of came to it by um, going through trauma therapy um because there were a lot of things that i had never dealt with um that had happened in you know it, from childhood all the way into you know my career i mean i it was still there were lots of things that were just happened to me and i never really addressed them i never dealt with them and it kind of all came boiling up at some point just a few years ago, my husband was like, I think you really need to see a trauma therapist, like you need Mm -hmm. to work through this shit. You clearly haven't addressed it. This is going to continue to hold you back, whether or not you recognize that it has held you back. So yeah, that's very fascinating that you kind of feel like you can't share your story, because part of my process and realizing that stories are important to be shared is the genesis of starting my foundation because I knew through the trauma therapy that it was important to tell my story. And the second I started sharing my purpose behind starting the witty group, um, uh, everybody had a similar story. Everybody, every woman I spoke to had a similar history and I was like, Oh my gosh, this needs to exist. Because it's not just me, it's not something that I brought on myself, it's not something that I'm guilty of, it's not something I should be ashamed of, it's something I should share so that I can support others and create this network of women who can help each other. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's women, as a gender, we tend to want to fix and help. It's what we do, right? We take care of our kids and then we cook the dinner and then we do the things with work and then, you know, we go help a neighbor with something and we get on the phone and we listen to a girlfriend talk through a rough relationship situation or something. I mean, this is what we do. Um, So that was kind of why I started the podcast too. I was like, okay, give a platform so that everybody can share their story because you never know who you're going to help and who you're gonna inspire. Um, And so I kind of, you know, I owe that trauma therapist a debt of gratitude for walking me through those early trauma memories because if I hadn't gone through that process, I probably wouldn't come out of it um, with a foundation where that I'm I'm able to have a platform to help others. So always share your (laughs) story.
1: Yeah. I you know, I should and it's I it's interesting because I never feel like I have the platform for it because I always am asking others to share their story. So for my mm-hmm. podcast, you know, we the whole goal is to allow women to share their stories of giving back, um, regardless of the size and, and to inspire others because others feel that they may not be able to do um any kind of philanthropy if they're not a millionaire, right? Or if they can't do, you know, can't name the side of a university building or something like that. Or or they're just overwhelmed and don't know how to
0: start. Um, so I want to know, um, how can people reach you, uh, learn more about everyday planned giving, um, connect with you, maybe get you to tell your story a little bit more often? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, the website is uh, everydayplangiving.com. Um, people can reach me, find out more about my work with nonprofits there. And also there's a way to connect with me, um, through the website, or you can find me on LinkedIn as well for, uh, under my name, Lori Kranzer, and I love connecting with people. So please feel free to reach out. And if you're interested, um, or know someone that's interested in being on the podcast, which is, um, uh, women sharing the stories of philanthropy and giving back in their business and their personal life is called positive impact philanthropy. Then you can feel free to reach out to me. We're always looking to, um, share more stories of inspirational women. That's awesome. Well, and hopefully I can get some of the,
0: uh, the members of my organization on your show too, because they all have amazing stories. Yeah. They're just brilliant, powerful, beautiful women. Um, but thank you so much. And I'll be sure to put your links in the bio. um, So people can kind of go right to your, your pages and connect with you. And I'm so grateful for your time.
1: Thank you, Chrissy. This has been great sharing my story and hearing more about yours. And I look forward to connecting with you further.
0: Well, thank you. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, mixing up the mainstream.